Hello and welcome to Data Driven, the podcast where we explore the emerging field of data science. We bring the best minds in data, software engineering, machine learning and artificial intelligence. Now here are your hosts, Frank Lavinia and Andy Leonard. Hello and welcome back to Data Driven, the podcast where we explore the emerging fields of data science, machine learning and artificial intelligence. If you like to think of data as the new oil, then you can consider us Car Talk, because we focus on where the rubber meets the virtual digital road. And with me on this epic road trip across the interwebs, as always, is my favorite data philosopher, Andy Leonard. How you doing, Andy? I'm doing well, Frank. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Um, just found out I'm not going to a hurricane zone. Uh, for the That's rest good. Of so... Yes, I was quite relieved to see that. I was I was confident I'd be able to get there. Yeah. Not that confident about my um, my return trip. Uh, basically, there was a company meeting at Wintelect um, scheduled for the Jacksonville area, and we're recording this on September 6th, where it's not quite on the um, bullseye of the hurricane, but... Um, uh, I am quite relieved that I'm not going to be any closer to the uh, strongest hurricane ever recorded in the, the Atlantic Ocean. Just yeah, the that's a good thing. Um, certainly, uh, certainly, we're concerned about people in the path. I saw a um, video just a few minutes ago of, um, I believe it was St. Martin's Island. A bus had been blown over. And so we're certainly praying for everybody in uh, Hurricane Irma's path. Um, and if you can donate... Just do it, you know. Absolutely. Yes, please would... help. Yeah, there's still people over, you know, trying to uh, overcome the, the results of uh, Harvey. There's still people returning to their homes, even today. And um, it's just been disaster after disaster. Um, and, and it's scary. Uh, I was uh, chatting online with one of our former guests, uh, Buck Woody. And he mentioned that uh, he was in Florida back in 2004 when the four storms came through. Um, I lived in Jacksonville at that time, speaking of Jacks. And um, it, was, it, was a, it was a rough year. I mean, um, that was also the year I went to the PASS Summit for the first time. That's, that's coming up here. And um, at the time of this recording, it's, I guess, about seven or eight weeks away. Um, Julie, are you speaking at the PASS Summit this year? I am not. Well, that's unusual because you usually do present. I yeah, I've I've cut back on my travel a bit currently, hoping to increase it uh, again in the future. But this year, I decided to not not attend. Oh, very cool. Well, that was a very smooth segue, Andy. Well, thank you. <laughs> I almost didn't even notice it. <laughs> well, there you go. But um, now that the cat's out of the bag, can you tell us more about Julie Smith? Andy? <laughs> Yes, I can, Frank. Um, <laughs> Hi, everyone. <laughs> that's right. It's, it's hard to get cats back into the bag. Don't ask me how I know. Uh, I feel like I disappointed you so much. Like the first question, no, I'm not going. <laughs> well, I'm disappointed because you're a great speaker, and I enjoy every time I get to hear you speak. Uh, I attend every session I can, and I learn stuff every single time I hear you speak, Julie. That's why. Well, uh, thank you. Um, it always warms my heart that you always mention um, the very first time you t saw me talk. I think it was 2010. 
And uh, I think you learned the trick about uh, the maximum errors in SSIS. That's it, yeah. And you always tell people that. And I'm always just like, oh, that is so sweet. It <laughs> was a really cool trick. I mean, up until then, I was putting in like 999 or something. Uh-huh. And you shared. Go ahead and share the trick. So, yeah, there is a, there is a property inside SSIS. Just uh, everything is property-driven in the Microsoft world. And uh, I was working on... Uh, a package that uh, a failure was not necessarily a bad thing. We wanted to validate the XML schema. And so it was looping through. And I was like, well, I don't want it to just fail. Uh, and so I did the same thing that Andy did. In the, in the maximum errors, uh, I put 90 and I put 999. And then just, I, you know, just sometimes you sometimes have this memory of something you saw. And I thought, I wonder what would happen if I put zero. And I put zero in and it, it would allow it to error forever. I was like, well, that's really cool. And I'm going to put that in my presentation. That was my very first presentation was cool tricks to pull from your SSIS hat. That was awesome. And uh, yeah. And that's when I met you and I was blown away because that was maybe my second SQL Saturday. And Andy Leonard came to see me talk and told me that it was really valuable. And I was like, wow, <laughs> blown away. See, Andy, I told you you have fans. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was, a, it was a great talk. It's a great trick. I've used it a bunch since then. And again, I've, it's not the only thing I've learned from you. I've learned a bunch every time I've heard you speak, Julie. So disappointed that, you, uh, that you, you're not speaking at the past summit this year. I, I didn't speak last year. I didn't get selected. And I was fine with that because I saw some incredible number of first-time speakers, something like, mm -hmm. like 20%. And you know, I was disappointed for about 10 minutes and then... Uh, a mutual friend, Dave Stein, uh, tweeted that he was finally getting to speak for the first time. And I was yeah. like, okay, I'm good. <laughs> right. And and I, I agree. I mean, I was so heartened uh, to to hear. I think this year it's an even higher percentage oh, cool. uh, of new speakers. And I think that's marvelous. I mean, the, the, the sequel and the past communities, we um, we do such a great job of bringing people up and uh, giving giving new speakers the opportunity to have that big stage is a wonderful opportunity. So I'm always happy as well. Uh, no, and I think it's great because I think the world of data is changing. Yeah, no, I just, I, it's true. It's like there has to be a change in the speaker composition in a lot of ways because the field has expanded so much uh, with, with Power BI and big data. And I mean, I'm doing, I'm doing more new things in the last two years than I did in the last eight and so, yeah, I think that, that you're going to have to get uh, different speakers to reflect that and to keep people trained. Absolutely. And it, that's what's exciting about this, this whole space right now is that it's bringing together people that normally would have been in their own little silos. And then not just developers and kind of the traditional data set crowd. Data set, mm -hmm. that's funny. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but, I mean, also kind of academia. You know, I, I was at a conference. I spoke at a conference there in D.C., and it was – um, you know, probably like 60, 40, 60% kind of more academic and 40% kind of more real world or as the academic folks uh, refer to us as practitioners. Uh -huh. um, yeah, a gentleman, a very nice distinguished gentleman in a, um, in a tweed suit had, had <laughs> said, he didn't sip brandy or have tea, but that would have completed the scene. But he basically turned to me and says, you know, I'm so glad we now have practitioners like you here at this show. So the practitioners were the new 
new kids at this particular conference rather than more academics? I mean, this was the first one of its kind. It was the Data Intelligence Summit, which is uh, kind of an offshoot of um, uh, the Pi Data Organization. Mm -hmm. And that typically in the past has been very kind of scientific and academic. Um, They've branched out quite a bit in the last two years, and I think that they're, they're spinning up more and more kind of related conferences around data science, data, artificial intelligence, that sort of thing. Right. Mm. Right. Because I have listened to a few of, of these podcasts and Andy and I were, were chatting a little before, before you joined us and we're talking about uh, just that data science is uh, a field where uh, the more math and the more, you know, the higher education that that's actually brings a lot of, um, of success to the job search. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, and yet the, the tools are getting better so that people in data science um, maybe don't need. So there, I can just see where that the, there would be a, a commingling of, the, of those two skill sets. So it's very interesting. Yeah, we're we're kind of on that cusp of like the waterfall, you know, where things are going to mm-hmm. explode. And, um, it, you know, it, it's great because you get these different minds together and who knows what that'll bring about, what kind of startups that could yield or what kind of other innovations. It's it's very exciting uh, to be here. But um, I see from your bio, because uh, I'm going to mm-hmm. sneak that in, because this has been kind of a non-traditional show, and that's cool. We <laughs> uh, kind of mix it up. We like to mix it up. Uh, you've been mo- – I love this. I love your bio. Uh, Julie Smith has been moving and bending data for over a decade. Using varied tools such as MS Access, MySQL, SQL Server, uh, 2000 to 2016, and most recently with Azure Data Services such as ADF and Azure SQL Database. She's built and designed increasingly complex BI solutions for organizations across multiple industries, and her role is a BI consultant at Innovative Architects in Atlanta. So, you know, belated welcome to the show. So you've been in the data game for a while, I would say. Yes, uh, since about 99, but this is not my first career. Uh, oh, really? So, yeah, yeah. So I am, I am not a youngster. <laughs> um, <laughs> Neither are we. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so I got, got into data when I was about 20, 28, 29 uh, as a second career. So uh, can we ask what your first career is? Yeah, I don't, do, Andy, do you remember? I don't. Oh, good. Okay, so so I actually started out life as a theater major. Oh, uh, I majored in theater. I was so scared because, like, I was like, "Oh God, where's she going?" <laughs> no, it's a family show. It's a family <laughs> show. I know that. Uh, so yeah, I was a theater major, and I uh, I acted, and I did a lot of costuming because uh, that was something that I could find work in much easier than than the acting gigs to actually pay the rent. Uh, did that for a long time, and then. And then transitioned in my late in my late twenties as I as I, I had a couple of realizations. Um, one was that I didn't want to move out of Atlanta, Georgia, and the other one was that um, I wanted to feed my children. And so I, I was like, okay, well, I better figure something else out. And uh, I made that transition. And uh, so I know one of your questions is, did you find data or did data find you? Right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and so I would say that it was kind of a combination um, uh, because my father had uh, gone into IT as a second career as well. And so I knew it could be done. And so 
I was like, well, I better figure something else out to do. So I got a job as an admin and then started playing with crystal reports. That's a right? name I haven't wow. Yeah, but so I, that, so I was the only admin that wasn't afraid of the crystal reports. Uh, and so I was like, well, that, that says something. This must be valuable. And, uh, and then started um, learning crystal reports and, and learning. And then I started paying for my training and then just kind of uh, wiggled my way into a data job over the next several years. That's pretty cool. So, so here's a question that I don't really get to ask very often. Did you find that your background in theater helped you uh, present? Present. Maybe. I mean, present at user groups and... and yeah, presenting at user groups. Yeah. I, I don't know if it helps me present, but I think the reason that I went into theater in the first place is probably the same reason that I present. So does that make sense? So it's more like th- mm-hmm. there's just parts of me that really enjoy, um, you know, presenting and, 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 and I'm not uncomfortable with people watching me present or, you know, watching me, you know, put on a show or whatever. And, and, um, that sounds terrible too. <laughs> uh, being in a show, uh, as an actor and, um, uh, and so I think, I think, you know, I just, I really do enjoy it. And it's the same feeling, you know, when you're in a really great show and, and people have enjoyed it. Um, that's the same feeling that, that I have when I feel like I've done a great job with a presentation. Oh, interesting. Well, yeah. it shows. I really enjoy trying to pe- make people laugh. And that's, that's kind of a horrible thing to admit, but I really enjoy it. Well, it, it shows, Julie, uh, especially when you and Audrey, your, uh, your fellow data chicks, blogger, yeah. Uh, work together. And I, I think y'all are perhaps, the, I'd say one of the stronger, maybe the strongest duo I've seen present. And, and uh, I don't know if you know this or not, but we've invited Audrey to be a guest on the show. Um, if you're listening to this podcast and it's brand new, Audrey's show will probably be a week or two or maybe three after this one. Um, but Audrey and you write at your blog. Go ahead and plug the blog. Yeah. So our blog is datachicks.com with an X and it is very neglected lately. So if you go to it, there's going to be tumbleweeds blowing across. <laughs> I should put tumbleweeds. <laughs> so uh, I'm real sorry about that, but it's got some really good content on it. I think, I think it's great content. Um, and uh, what Stuart Ainsworth one time told me, he's a friend in Atlanta um, in the community. And he said something about, he compared Blog, our blog post to, I don't know, the, he could tell that they take a long time to write. And, uh, and that's where I need to just let it go and just kind of maybe get on there and write a little blog instead of having to compose these things that have a million pictures and drawings and, and things like that. I just need to, to, to try and reach out more rather than making them these perfect things that I used to try to make them. I, I like the Doge meme. One of your posts here is very meme heavy. Yes. Yes. I love it. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, and there's an animated GIF of uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Yes, yeah, that's Audrey's. Um, I've got I've got one that like, you know, uh, has Chuck Norris all over it. I've got one that like that Chuck Norris is a recurring motif. Um, I've got I've got one where uh, um, oh, I can't think of it. Oh, Kevin Bacon from from Animal House. You know, just just I try and. <laughs> But they're also very dated. I don't think the millennials get my 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 memes. But at least they understand Chuck Norris. 
They do. They do. That's they good. Do. Um, but yeah, uh, thank you for that, and Andy, uh, about Audrey and I. We I have noticed that when Audrey and I are scheduled to co-present, uh, we'll see people that I'm like, you don't care about whatever our to- topic. <laughs> I'm like, I think I think they just like to see us talk, Audrey. So, uh, that's a good thing. We should do that more often, Audrey. That that's true. I think <laughs> I think it's you know part of it is it, there's a lot in common. I think with uh, with doing presentations and theater, I, I often refer to it as as putting on the show. And you know, of course, if you're funny, that helps. And you know, I I attempt humor a lot. I I find people laugh at me a lot anyway. And I'm not really trying to be funny when that happens sometimes. Uh, probably most of the time, I'm just trying to, you know, talk about life and what's going on. But y'all do a really good job. I mean, you do put on a good show. Now, all presenters in this community, I think, have their own style and their own, you know, their way of, of talking. And it's great because it's a global community, right? So you get people mm-hmm. with accents and, you know, and, and they bring their local uh, sayings into the presentations. I learned something new a couple months ago. I was over in uh, in the UK, and I, I heard a new, I guess it's, I want to say it's an adjective. I'm not very good with language. And and I'm like you, I'm a, I'm published. Um, and Frank, too. Frank's, Frank's published, too. He, and Frank's still writing, by the way. He's doing a column uh, stuff. But oh, good job, guys. I think it's an adjective, Thanks. but it's, it's chuffed. Have you ever heard that, chuffed? I have heard it, but I couldn't tell you exactly what it means with a, with a hundred percent confidence. So I heard it because I lived in Europe for a while. So. Oh, see, I didn't know it was an old thing. I I first heard it in 2017, and you know, my first reaction was, well, you know, put a little salve on that and it'll heal. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, it either okay. It either means annoyed or doesn't mean tickled. I I think it's more tickled. And excited. Okay. Yes. Yeah, I think okay. micro- translated into Microsofties, it means super excited. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. I forgot about super excited. Oh, yeah. Super <laughs> everything. Do you get super excited when there's an ask? No. <laughs> I'm sorry. I couldn't help myself. And, uh, That's like nails on chalkboard. Edit, edit that out, Frank. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, let's uh, let's get back on track. <laughs> I, I, is it me? Is it? I'm sorry if it's me. No, <laughs> no, no, no. It's, it's uh, it's it's us. Actually, I think it is. Part, it's one third you. How's that? Okay, it's okay. a data right. science blog. You're thirty three point three 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 percent of the problem. Here. The bar over the threes. <laughs> That's right. Um, so our next question: What is your favorite part of your current gig? I have uh, a client that I've been with for two years, and it has been a wonderful opportunity because it's been basically uh, an Azure greenfield. So I, any problem that I wanted, uh, that I need to solve, or or that comes up, I have been able to um, just look and see. Okay, what would be the best best tool for this and, and learn about it and implement it. And the, the freedom and the learning that I've been able to go through in the last two years has just been amazing. And I've been very happy and lucky about that. 
So I've gotten to play with Azure Data Factory, lots of Power BI. Um, we were using Power BI with this client um, when the Bumblebee version went GA, the, the, the new version, V2. Um, and uh, I mean, I'm playing with Azure Search, so it's just been, it's been great. Interesting. So um, kind of off the guided path of the script, because, you know, that's what we're doing, um, <laughs> is where do you see this going? I mean, you've been, uh, you've been in data since, since 99. Mm-hmm. You, you've kind of alluded that you know, you're seeing a lot of change in the last couple of years. Where do you see this going, uh, you know, three to five years out? Well, I see the uh, – it's fine. I, let me backtrack a little. So people ask me what I do, and one of the things that I'll say sometimes as my little joke is that I feel like at this point my job is now percussive maintenance. Do you, have you ever heard that term? No. So it means you hit something with a stick until it works. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> because, I mean, as much, I, I love what I've been doing, but there is no best practice – there is, there is no, there's no guide other than the latest blog and the instructions are literally changing every month. And so it's been so liberating because for me, it's helped me get rid of some of the imposter syndrome that I'll probably never entirely shake, but I've, I've just had this realization of it's not just me. Nobody knows what they're doing because, <laughs> because everything is so new. There are so many new tools um, everybody is implementing it the most effective way they can to solve their immediate problem. And the tools are getting better as far as they've always striven for this, especially in Microsoft, to maybe not, not have to be implemented the very best way possible, but to be easy to implement and to solve your problems. And I just see that happening more and more and more, um, that, that people who are going to be able to be an expert and be deep in, a, in an area... Um, that will still be valuable. There will always be a need for that. But it's like the technology is coming at us so fast that it's, I feel more useful for your career and for everybody's um, business needs um, to, to just be a generalist and to be open to that and to be an integrator of all the technologies and the services that are available. That makes a lot of exactly. sense. Because there's just a lot of stuff flinging from every single direction that, yeah. Um, I mean, it is. I mean, I thought the web when it first came out, things moved faster and more mobile. But this is this is ludicrous speed. I mean, we're way it past is. that speed. This past weekend, I, I did an escape room for the first time. Have you ever had an uh, opportunity to do one of those games, the escape rooms you go to? I have not. I've heard about them. So yeah, so you you go into a place and it's really fun. And actually, it reminded me of my theater days because there was a prop shop and you know there's scenery and all this stuff. Um, you go in and you and they give you all these clues and you, you know, things are unlocking, doors are popping open. You're going into other rooms, and I was in there with three other people, and everything's happening so fast. And people are saying, "I found this and I found that, and this solved this and this solved that." And as I'm doing it and enjoying it, I couldn't get away from the fact that this is what my job's like now. <laughs> <laughs> it really, really reminded me of this is what our job is now. Is it's there's so much around you, so much coming at you so fast, and you you just try and find the code that unlocks the thing that you need right now to get to the next place. And and I know that 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 can be construed in a bad way. I mean. 
but it's powerful and uh, it's not, uh, you know, I think it'll, I think it will, everything's going to get improved and refined maybe. Um, but right now that is, that is kind of what it feels like is, is that the, the breadth of services available um, and the fact that, that memory is getting cheaper, everything is getting cheaper, that, that the topic of, of, of this podcast, you know, AI is making things more powerful. So there's less programming that you have to do because now there are algorithms that can cleanse the data or do the integration without as much manual custom work. You know, now we're just integrating, like get the thing that does that better and just put it in there and then unlock the safe there and, and then go to the next room. That's a great analogy, actually. <laughs> and I took it the positive way. In case you're Good. I hope so. I mean, I, I've enjoyed it so much. There are part, there are times where I'm just like, wow, this is crazy. And then people will, people will come to me and they'll say, um, Julie, what's the best practice? And I'm like, oh my goodness, who knows? <laughs> you know? <laughs> uh, and again, I don't mean to uh, disparage a best practice. I'd love to have one, but I, I'm just like, gosh, we're, we're just running. So uh, the best practice at this point is getting it to work. <laughs> right. Um, well, that's what makes it exciting too. I mean, we're 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 new enough into this field. It's not, um, it's not kind of decided for you, if that makes sense. Right, and I I feel that uh, the best practice will come. But right now, I do feel like yeah, we're just we're running so fast that uh, the best practices are, are are behind us, catching up at a very a much faster rate than they used to. You know, I mean, I remember learning SSIS and very quickly. Um, really great people came up with foundational things that were best practices. You know, the, the, the Jamie Thompson naming convention, the project real, um, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, Andy writes these all the time for SSIS. Patterns. No. Patterns. patterns. Yeah. Design patterns, design patterns. Yeah. Frameworks. Yes. Yes. Frameworks, like the auditing framework and the error handling, like those things kind of came around pretty quickly and, and they had time to settle in with us. Does that make sense? Like, like the framework arrived pretty quickly after the technology and the best practices settled in pretty quickly and it was very comfortable and it was at a really nice, comfortable pace. Yep. And now I just, I don't see the, the, the frameworks and the, the best practices arriving at a comfortable pace. You still kind of feel like you're dangling. Maybe that's just me. Maybe I need to get out more. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's interesting that you say that, uh, Jubilee, because that was uh, something uh, Frank and I were lamenting. And Frank, feel free to edit this if you want. <laughs> but, <laughs> but we were lamenting this the other day. We were talking about another technology that... Uh, came out and had all of the potential in the world, you know, to be one of those world altering pieces of tech. And there was this one thing missing, this one key component that It's not Silverlight we're talking about, is it? Uh, it's not Silverlight. <laughs> all right, good. <laughs> I'll uh, Wonder Spoon. We were talking about Wonder Spoon. Right. And how uh you know how if uh if Wonder Spoon had had more of a presence in the apps market um or you know mm -hmm. i got a windows phone i had one for about a week and i absolutely loved the phone i thought the device felt good in my hand i loved the i loved using it as a phone and then i went to put you know some apps on it and 
there just weren't any there wasn't anything I used available yeah so I saw it was very telling when when Power BI immediately had a mobile app for the iPhone first then Android yeah. then Windows oh yeah yeah so in spots uh, you know we see we see glimpses of of this kind of holistic approach where that we're just not going to throw some code out there and say hey go use this and do cool things um, I think Power BI strength has been the almost weekly releases. <laughs> Yeah. And and they backed off a little bit now to doing uh, monthly releases. Although sometimes you get a month with two releases in it. Um, See, I think I, what I heard of, at first, maybe maybe they have changed it because everything has changed. But they were doing like a service release every week, and then the desktop every month. Okay. Maybe, maybe. and that and it was really and, and that's confusing yeah. because yeah. it's hard to remember what is what when they're you know. That's, uh, that's true. So yeah, but still, just yeah, the, they were the velocity, right? Um, uh -huh. The velocity alone is is driving innovation, and they did this other thing that um, that I think Microsoft is is becoming known for now. But uh, you and I were MVPs back in the day, uh, Frank. You too, <laughs> and uh, you can remember when this wasn't the case. But um, Power BI especially started acting on feedback relatively quickly. Um, and they did a couple of years ago when they released this, they were listening and, you know, somebody would post something and it would get upvoted and it would show up in, you know, a couple of weeks, um, you know, in a service release or in a, the monthly desktop release. So it's good to see them doing that. And I think that's a, that's a really good, a really good way to get innovation going because what will happen is if you get talented developers out there or people who are good at solving problems. If you won't listen to them when they present an issue to you, they'll go somewhere else. And hey, there's uh, there's this whole open source community out here that's uh, ready and, and willing to take you in and listen to your ideas. Well, even if they don't listen to your idea, if it's open source, you can you can build it, and then that's true. They, mm -hmm. And if other people kind of like it, then they they kind of they they follow along. Yeah. Yeah, it's good stuff. So I kind of went off on a tangent there, Frank. Again, delete all of that. And uh, <laughs> no, that's okay. I think sometimes tangents are worth exploring. You know, not all the not not all who wander are lost, and I think not all minds that wander are lost either. Wow, that's deep. I like that. <laughs> I think I not all bookshelves are just bookshelves. Some of them are doors that pop up. And... Ooh, that's right. Tenorium. That's from the escape room. Back uh, to the escape room. That's... Interesting. I love that. Analogy. I, I like the escape room thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah me and uh, we we really did. I, I love the analogy of the escape room being being that way. And I think I, I heard what you said earlier when you were talking about that. You mentioned that um, you know that may it, it may not be the you know the coolest thing to share, but that and I think the reason that that that's a risk. And I don't see it as a risk at all. I see it as, as great and transparent. And those are the people I want to hire uh, to work with me and just help me solve my problems are people who are going to uh, to share the truth with me, regardless of what it does to my expectations. But there's this, this perception that, you know, there are consultants out there who truly know everything. And, you know, there are gigs out there, I think, uh, for people. And, you know that that do truly know everything, but as you said, we cannot 
you know, we can't know everything. And, and this is so new that, you know, mm -hmm. best practices have not yet uh, been formulated, that people haven't figured out all of the answers to all of the questions. And it's not that we're making it up as we go along. That's not an accurate portrayal. Um, but we are learning things as we go along. I think that's accurate. Right. It's very much an improv type of story. That's a, that's a good characterization. Which is also something I did in college. Well, I was <laughs> going to say. Like, maybe you wanted to be a comp sci person all along. <laughs> I think so. I think so. I, um, I do think that. Uh, so I know, Andy, that you are a fan of, of Seth Godin. Mm -hmm. And uh, I read The Lynchpin uh, this year. And one of my favorite quotes, I think I wrote it down. Uh, and I do think that it applies because you said earlier, like, how do you think theater has helped you in any way? Well, again, I just think the things I liked about being in theater are the things I like about being in the IT. Um, and it's artists think along the edges of the box because that's where things get done. And it's making the comparison between um, do, you, do you try and invent the time machine when there's absolutely no building blocks for that right now that you could do in your lifetime? Or do you invent the Uber app? because that is a new way to deal with a problem that you currently have. Um, and, uh, and that is definitely how I see myself and, I, and, and my strength is, is the hitting things with the stick until it works is me creating along the edges of the box. Interesting. You know, being very cre creative problem solving with what I have available. And, uh, and I, so. That is profound. I like that. <laughs> I want to be the person, though, that calls a, a DeLorean with the Uber app. So I'm trying to get both them. Uh, the DeLorean with the flux capacitor? Oh, naturally. Okay. You know, That's the one I want. That's the one everyone wants. You know, speaking <laughs> of that, um, it reminds me of, of the, uh, the cool themes that always go along with SQL Saturdays in Atlanta. And I know at least for a while, Julie, you were involved in... SQL Saturday Atlanta. Are you still doing that? Yeah. No, I'm not involved. SQL Saturdays are so successful that, you know, I just got to the point where I'm like, we don't need this many people. You guys have it. And this is great. And give someone else an opportunity to, to run things and, uh, and do things. So um, the last one I did was, I think, the Lord of the Rings. Okay that I was in charge. And I think I gave you guys uh, a cute poster for your, you did. no, wait, was it? And that was, yeah. <laughs> that was sequel Saturday, number one, 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 which you referred uh -huh. to as. 11 D. 11 first. Yeah. Yeah. 11 first <laughs> sequel Saturday. And that was why we went with the, with the Tolkien stuff. And then they, then they, the, the next sequel Saturdays, they've got, they've been very thing heavy and we were, um, so we, I mean, is in Atlanta. I wasn't on the group, but uh, the Atlanta uh, event managed to get the number 285 one year, which was perfect because Atlanta, the city of Atlanta, is encircled by Highway 285. Oh. And so they had, a, they had a high time with that. They had great, you know, traffic and highway signs and they did great ones. Yeah, it's always... A, Money Python. It's always a fantastic show. I mean, it's just... You find some theme and, and people run with it. Very creative. And also one of the largest uh, SQL Server gatherings outside of the past summit. Yeah. Atlanta and Chicago, I think, are the two 
Wow. Biggest, in, at least in North America. I don't, I haven't been to anyone outside of um, North America. Very cool stuff. So we have a, uh, a handful, three, of uh, complete okay. complete this sentence. Okay. So the first one is, when I'm not working, I enjoy blank. Watching really stupid documentaries and reality shows. Interesting. What What is a stupid documentary? I'm just curious. So I enjoy watching documentaries and reality shows about um, maybe non-mainstream groups of people. So like, but interesting little bents like that, the, the, the things uh, like that. And let me, let me just say too, that um, I enjoy planning tiny house and prepper type things. Ah, those are interesting. So, so, and so people, so a documentary is about prepping and documentaries about people who live in tiny houses and, and uh, I, I intend to, I intend to live in a van down by the river someday. <laughs> I'll proudly, proudly and happily live in a van down by the river. <laughs> so. <laughs> well, very cool. Number two, I think the coolest, uh -huh. the coolest thing in technology today is blank. I'm always a little late to realize the cool things about technology. I do really enjoy the app world that we live in now, the, the Uber, uh, Lyft, Uber Eats, all the, all the different apps. Moe's has a really good app that I've used a lot. And I know that that's probably a little late to the game. Uh, so I'm enjoying that. Uh, and as far as what, what I'm interested in for my field and my work, I'm really really fascinated with things like uh, Spark and what that's doing for data integration. Um, the mashups, the, the data cleansing abilities of, of tools like Trifecta and Paxata and uh, stuff like that, I think is very cool. Very, very cool. I'm happy to be put out of an ETL job if this stuff can replace me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't speak for Andy, but I'm okay with it. <laughs> ETL is kind of like if you want to paint if you want to paint a room, ETL to me is kind of like you know sanding down the wall, and getting the tarp down and like all the prep work. The actual painting is surprisingly very little of the actual work. It's all the prep and cleanup. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And yet the painting is the fun part. So yeah. Right. Yeah, it can be it can be a little little drudgy, a little drudgery, drudgery. -y -y. Uh, so we have a, another one, uh, another fill in the blank question. I look forward to the day when I can use technology to blank. Travel faster, much faster at answer. an affordable price at an affordable price. I know that, uh, that there are options, but I think they're cost prohibitive for most people right now. Right. Yeah. But I love these questions. I have alternate answers. Oh, cool. Do you want, you want to hear alternate? Yeah, let's have an alternate answer. Okay, we are alternate family answer. Show, though, so let's put that no, in. No, I know. I know. <laughs> I look forward to the day when I can use technology to uh, seriously find my kids because I'm supposed to have that technology now, but it, there's a lot of uh, room for manual error. 
oh, my phone isn't charged. Oh, I left my phone there. Um, uh, yeah. And so I'm thinking about putting um, the tracker chip on their shoes. <laughs> okay. It's a good idea. Have a charge with the motion of their body. When you're yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, and uh, and then I also thought that I would really like to see the, the Star Trek medical scanner. I would really like to see that work where you could just have somebody, you could have bones scan you and that would be all you need to, to have any kind of diagnoses done. Just, and then you're done and, and nothing else needs to happen. And I would like to note that that sound was not added in post. <laughs> See, this is great, man. This is uh, having a theater person here is pretty cool. We, yeah. We need you to come back yeah. on the show and do sound effects if nothing else. Oh, that would be fantastic. Ask Audrey if she'll let me do her sound effects. <laughs> I promise you that she will say no. <laughs> well, that's so it's fun. easier to ask for forgiveness than permission. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She'll say no, no, Julie, Julie can Julie can listen like everyone else. She can she can she can listen like everyone else. That's what Audrey said. Very cool. <laughs> you know Uh so Oh, sorry. Eddie, you take the last question. Uh, I was going to, I was going to throw a little story and a little anecdote that, um, that just happened the other day. You were mentioning your kids and keeping up with them. And uh-huh. so I'm, I, I work at home and I'm upstairs in my office and most of the day I shut down social media so I can concentrate. And, um, I see this blurb come up from Christy about one of the kids hacking their homeschool grades page. Oh and changing gosh. their grade. Like the t- and I was, you know, my first thought was probably not the best parenting thought, okay? So uh-huh. I was kind of like, you know, that's something Captain Kirk would do. He changed the conditions of the test. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and 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 the, my second thought was, well, that's Stevie. He's, Stevie's 14, and he's studying. Um, he's actually taken... Uh, plural site C sharp track as part of his homeschool curriculum. So we just did that uh, last year and started working it through that. So I thought uh, he's, you know, he's starting to hack some HTML and he's been asking me about SQL injection. It wasn't Stevie, the, the 14 year old. It was Riley, the 10 year old. <laughs> and I was even more. Proud. What I love about that story is the, how did he think the teacher wasn't going to know? Well, because isn't mom teacher? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and he did it. He did it locally. He basically altered the page, and displayed his altered version of the page. Um, as as soon as she logged in, she saw the real grade, and but she wants me to have a talk with him. And I told her just as soon as I can do it with a straight face, right? No. I will. Uh, it, it may be a week or so. <laughs> Yes. But yeah, I'm so darn proud of him. But anyway. That's brilliant. <laughs> it is. He's he's uh yeah, he did uh he, he hacked the HTML basically. <laughs> so which isn't hard. So he's doing really well in HTML, yes. but maybe not as well in the C sharp. Is that well, what he's, we're saying? I think it was math. I think he was actually struggling with okay. some math. Or knowing Riley it was uh it was reading. He does not like he does not like to read, so it could have been that. Yeah. Okay, I'll, I, now on to the last question, Frank, or you can do it either one. Ah, uh, sure. Um, so, 
share something different about yourself. And uh, remember that's a family podcast, and we'd like to keep that rating we have on iTunes. So I think I already spoiled it, or at least the one that I had written down was that that I that my my serious goal might be to live in a van down by the river. Uh, Is that a tiny house so thing, or? Yes, the tiny house. There's also van dwelling. Um, there's there's amazing things you can find on YouTube. There's a guy on YouTube who built a an RV, quote unquote RV that he pulls with a bicycle. Um, I'm utterly fascinated with these things. I told you, I really dumb documentaries. Um, yeah, I have told you guys already about all the interesting things that I could think about myself in uh, in my previous answers, and now I feel sad that I. <laughs> Spoiled it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, I am a huge Monty Python fan. Oh, there you go. Yes. And uh, it was very sad because I have every single presentation I've ever done. There's always a Monty Python reference, slide, image, something fun in every presentation until I got to this last SQL Saturday where they had the theme was Monty Python and I didn't have, I couldn't work it in. Oh. So, uh so I feel really bad about that but a huge Monty Python fan um, Audrey's going to take me to see John Cleese uh, so we're doing that in November so that'll be a lot of fun oh cool yeah oh I was at uh, I was at one of Prince's last concerts oh wow that's interesting yes that's yes. a good story uh, for the ages yes maybe very sad of course but um, I was really glad I got to see him. Well, very cool. Yeah, not a lot of celebrities made it out of 2016. I know. It was a bad year. Started with Bowie and and lost Prince and just lost so many great, great artists. And Princess Leia and then her mom. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know. It was just a very bad year. Definitely was. Cool. So where can folks find out more of what you're doing? Obviously, there's your blog at Data Chicks. Um, blog. Let's see. I will be speaking for the um, Pass Wit virtual um, virtual user group in December. Um, I'm speaking in Charlotte in October. And uh, like we mentioned, my blog, uh, our blog, Audrey's in my blog at datachicks.com. Audrey actually has been writing some content for the innovativearchitects.com. Uh, that's our website, and we have a blog there. So uh, if anybody wants to learn more about what we're doing, um, we are doing some really great things with Azure. We've got a lot of Azure projects and helping um, clients with Azure migration, lots of Power BI. So anybody that wants to hear more about what we're doing for folks at Innovative Architects can check out the website there. Cool. Yeah. And uh, in, in case folks Google for Julie Smith, she is not the mystery author. Nope. But we probably go to the same doctor. You just might. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Smith is a pretty unique name. Yeah, my, my father-in-law is named John Smith. There you go. Yeah. So. Uh, people don't even believe him. No, they don't. That name, people don't even believe Like, sure, sure you're John Smith. <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> Uh huh. <laughs> That's uh, right up there with Jane Doe. 
Uh. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, no, so so uh, the saddest part about my name being so boring is that my mom's family is Polish. So I have great names on that side. Like, names like Bukowski and Kwiatkowski and... Um, just, just definitely non-boring, non-Smith names, but I don't have those. There's something to be said, though, for having a non-boring name. It certainly makes um, making reservations over the phone a lot easier. Yeah. Yes. My wife yeah. kept her maiden name for just that reason. So. <laughs> yeah. Because Lavinia is a bit complicated. Yeah. But since we're all data geeks here, um, here's a funny story I heard, uh, is that there are people out there with the last name of Null. Oh, no. And yeah. apparently they can't, some, this one lady whose name was Jen, uh, Jennifer Null or something like that, she can't book a flight online to save her life. <laughs> yeah. So it could God, be How do you even program? Yeah. How would you even program for that? I mean, I, I know you could, but yeah, it's a conversation. I can hear it now. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Delta support. Yeah, I, I, can't, I can't book a flight. Well, what's your last name? Null. Type in null. Mm. The whole system crashes. <laughs> I remember what null means from Andy Leonard's, uh, the first session I ever saw him give. And it means I don't know. So, uh <laughs> Do you remember? Now that's an old presentation. I don't even think I've seen yes. in like five or six years. <laughs> that's just an indication of, of, of many things, but we're both very young. <laughs> don't feel bad. <laughs> Back in the day. It's 2015, right? Uh, right? Okay. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> It was 2009. Was it? Goodness gracious. Yeah. That may have been the yeah. last time I gave that yeah. talk. <laughs> That's funny. You look back and it's like, wow, 2009 was, oh, that was a couple, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> the thing that gets me is, is, you know, thinking about when these movies came out. Um, I forget which, which movie it was I was looking at not long ago. And it's like, this thing is 30 years old. Like, oh yeah. my gosh, I was grown. I was old then. Mm -hmm. And that was 30 years ago. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, well, I, this has been a, this has been a really awesome show. Julie, thank you for, uh, for being our guest. And i um, really glad that we got to catch up. I, I meant to catch up with you and do a data point at the last Atlanta sequel Saturday back in July. And we crossed paths and I waited yeah. at you and then I couldn't find you. Yeah, we were ships passing in the night. It was sad. <laughs> but this, is, uh, this has been a really great show. I've loved it. Frank, take us away. This has been fantastic. Thanks to everyone for listening. And... Um you want to grab a free audiobook from audible i believe andy isn't it the data driven book.com yes sir it is awesome and uh you have a great week thanks for listening to data driven don't just listen become a data driver by going to datadriven.tv to sign up to join the community access to special events tips and tricks and more Sign up today at datadriven.tv.